This is the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 52. And I told Johnny, you know, if I were God, and you know, thank goodness I'm not, but if I were, <laughs> and I had these wandering sheep, and I needed to put them in somebody's pen, I needed to give them to some shepherd who was going to take care of them, I wouldn't give these wandering sheep to shepherds that weren't taking care of the sheep they already had. Right. Right? I would look for the shepherds that are really taking care of their sheep, that love their sheep, that are ministering to them and feeding them and, and help, you know, helping them heal and protecting them. And I would put the sheep with those shepherds. We want to be those kind of shepherds. This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to encourage and inspire pastors of small churches. Now, here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church and strive to provide information and encouragement to make you smile, think, and be challenged. The old and the new of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. I'm Johnny Craig, and I sit... In the 200 Churches studio, the luxurious... And opulent. And opulent 200 Churches studio. And warm. It's like negative 12 outside, but it's warm in here. It is. With my guy, my dude, my man... Jeff Katie. Jeff Katie. Thank you. Now, I gotta be honest. This is our third take. This is take three. We have... We the have beginning of this podcast. attempted to record this introduction three times. How we doing? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the best one yet, Jeff. I'm scared, though. I'm scared one of us is going to say something, and we're going to have to cut it again. We had we had lunch together today, and apparently the the, the uh, fish basket was a bit too heavy. Maybe it made I think us it a was, little... I think it was a beer battered is what it was. <laughs> beer battered. So I'm just a little sloshy in my speech. <laughs> From the beer batter, sure. Okay, hey, here's something exciting. Last week we had... Carl Vaders from NewSmallChurch.com. Carl Vaders. He was on with us, as he will be the first podcast of every month through the rest of this year. Yep. And in the first week, we've had more listens to that podcast from last week than we've had to any other episode in 2013. So we're starting the year off really, really well. So thank you if you've listened in the last week to last week's podcast. We appreciate your downloads. We appreciate your listens. And most of all... We appreciate your feedback, but we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. So I asked Johnny, I said, here's, here's the title I want for today's podcast episode. And my title was Lessons We're Learning for a New Year. Snooze Fest. Yeah. I Absolute said, Snooze Fest. And I said to him, that sounds really boring. <laughs> Lessons We're Learning for a New Year. Even though that is what we're going to talk about today. Indeed. And we hope that we can encourage you to think about... That just sounds like a John Maxwell book. Yeah, Lessons We're Learning for a New Year. 15 Irrefutable Lessons That We're Learning <laughs> in 2014. So, Johnny has, has uh, edited the title of this episode. Yes. So, introducing the super awesome, fantastical... Lessons we're learning for the new year. Hey, there we go. Now, you cannot <laughs> hardly stop the recording at this point and turn the podcast the, the off. The best thing happening Super today. awesome, fantastical lessons. So yes. that's what we want to do. And again, thank you for listening. If you are a small church pastor, you are to be applauded. We applaud you today. We affirm you. And we give you our best wishes and prayers for a super awesome, fantastical, fantastical 2014. Yep. Amen. And so here's some lessons. I said to Johnny, you know what? I want to do a podcast on the lessons that we are, we've learned, we are learning, and we would like to have learned in the next coming weeks and months. The first one is about failure. I have learned this lesson well. 
Well, we've been working on this lesson for the past <laughs> year. The first one is on failure. And and I I thought of this statement and I forget where I was. It was been in the last ten within the last ten days. I Googled this to see if this phrase was anywhere on the internet, and it wasn't. And I thought, okay, I'm sure there are phrases just like it, just not exactly this phrase. But the phrase is this most people are not willing to experience the number of failures necessary for success. I like that. Let me just say that one more time. Most people, they're not willing to experience the number of failures that are necessary for success, especially if you're a young pastor or a young leader. You think that failure is bad and that you don't. You want to avoid failure. I'm allergic to it. You're allergic to failures. Yeah, I can't have it. Boy, you must not have been feeling very well this past year. <laughs> Allergies, wow. So the, the truth is that um, most people aren't willing. Yeah, and, and that's that's completely true. And that made me think, as soon as I read that, as soon as you wrote that down, I thought about Steve Jobs. And everybody talks about Steve Jobs, blah, blah, blah. I'm not here to write another eulogy for Steve Jobs. But the man failed quite a bit. He failed a lot. A lot of times. And so while we all, we all are walking around with our iPhones and iPads and remembering yeah. Steve Jobs for all his successes, dude had a lot of failures. He got fired from his own company because too many failures. And so uh, I think that, that real life attests to the truth of this statement. If you want to succeed, you have to learn how to fail. John Maxwell had written a few books on leadership when he finally wrote this book called Failing Forward. And we're going to put a link to these two books because I think that, and I'm not sure, John John sometimes may, may recycle or repeat an idea. No. I think he might. No. So I don't know if there's any overlapping material in these two books, <laughs> but the first book is Failing Forward. The other book is called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You L- Learn. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. So either way, if you win, that's good. If you learn, that's good. Yeah. Right? It's all upside. And if you fail, it's okay as long as you're failing forward. Right. And you're learning from the mistakes that you're making. But some people just are too afraid to make mistakes. And Johnny, you asked a question to me a few minutes ago that uh, is somewhat, um, what's the word, uh, might, uh, might raise the ire. Of some pastors, annoy, yeah, annoy, but, but provocative. Oh, it okay. may be provocative. What's the question that you asked me? I'm always provocative, but my question was: Are churches small because they're supposed to be small, right? Which we've talked about with Carl Vader's a mm-hmm. lot of times, and we love and affirm small churches. We are small church pastors and kingdom potential, kingdom potential, yep. right? Or, or are you small and as small as you are because you're afraid to fail? Ouch. So as opposed to taking steps forward, you're afraid of what will happen. You're afraid of the failure, falling down on your face, and so you you hold back. You don't do things that you feel you should. Mm -hmm. You don't do things that maybe God is pushing you to do because you're afraid to fail. And it's not as though, hey, there's a magic step, you take it, you're not afraid to fail, you take it, and now your church is huge. But are you missing people? Are there people out there in your community who who you're missing because you are afraid to fail. 
Now, I can hear the pastor inside of me is getting all theological. Uh-oh. And he's saying, now, God doesn't need us to reach people, right? God doesn't need us to do his work. And Well, let's shut her up the doors, You know, then. the gates of hell will not prevail against me. And, uh, you, know, you, can't, you know, you can't blame it. Are there blood, uh, is there blood on my hands? And I'm, I'm starting to wax all theological about this. <laughs> but the truth is, here's a question. And pastors, ask this question. Are there people in the community that are not attending your church, that are not within the kingdom of God, because we have been afraid to try some things that would help us as a body of believers, as a group of believers, to reach out in the community? Because we've been afraid to fail, are there people outside of the body of Christ? That's just a legitimate question. It's it's kind of a... It's not a very nice question to start the new year off with, and that's not the only thing we're talking about today. But, but it's important. We have, yeah. to re- we have to reflect on that. And, you know, I like to throw out questions, and sometimes I make people uncomfortable because I throw out things that they, they then pick up and run with, and they end up in some spot that they don't want to be. And all I'm saying is, you know, it's... And again, I reference John Maxwell a lot because I spent a lot of years listening to the guy. But what he'll say is, you know, he'll he'll go on this tirade, you know, and if you've listened to him, you've heard this, and then he'll say, it's just a thought, just a thought. And so I would say that, you know, are you small because you're afraid to fail? It's just a thought. You know, think about that and think about what your goals are for this year in your church uh, is on as small of a scale as you may think they might be on, you may be talking about five or ten people in the coming year to to bring to Christ and bring into the kingdom of God and bring into your church. But that's five to ten people. That's that's an incredible thing. Those five to ten people have families. Absolutely. You know, their moms or their dads or their kids or their whatever. I mean, these five to ten people are important. So are you afraid to fail, and therefore not trying something. I mean, in the Old Testament, you've got Moses, who was called by God. I mean, Moses smelled the smoke from the burning bush, and he was reluctant. He was reluctant to do what God was calling him to do, yet he decided, okay, God, I'm going to do it because, well, God kind of made him do it, right? I mean, God kind of, he kind of twisted Moses' arm a little bit, and Moses said, yes, God, okay, I'll do it. Me and Aaron, we're going to go. Did Moses fail? Oh, my goodness. I mean, he went to the—I don't know if Moses expected the first time to the Pharaoh that the Pharaoh was going to say, oh, sure, Moses, yeah, okay, oh, go ahead, I give. Oh, uncle, uncle, here, go ahead and take the people out and worship God. I mean, ten plagues? Yeah. Moses could look at those things as ten victories, because he did ten, ten big miracles, or ten no's from Pharaoh. Okay, say nine no's from Pharaoh. And Moses, you know, failed every time. He he went up on the uh, on the mountain and he struck the rock the second time. Yep. And he wasn't supposed to. I mean, he came down the mountain from Mount Sinai. He had the tablets and his people are down there idolizing it up. You think he felt like a winner or a failure? I'm guessing by his reaction he felt like a failure. I mean, it, Moses failed in the Old Testament. How about the New Testament, John? The New can Testament, you think of one person in the, the New Testament. The biggest loser I can think of is Peter. Okay, yeah, there you go, Peter. Peter, I mean, this dude consistently failed. And and here's the thing, he tried, though. He got out of the boat, he tried to walk on the water, and he failed. Which, you know, learning, learning curve. And then he said, I would never deny you, Jesus, and then what happens? 
three times. He's walking around. Yep. Failing all over himself. Eventually, Peter becomes one of the one of the leading evangelists for the church. The leading evangelist. You know what I mean? I mean, Jesus hands Peter the keys to the to the whole deal. And Peter preaches the message in Acts chapter two. That's exactly right. So here's a guy who has failed forward. He he had to taste the bitterness of that failure to move forward to the place where he could do that. So it's three steps forward, two steps back. Yeah. Two steps forward, three steps back sometimes. But it, failure is just going to be a part of our life. And could we even say, Jesus, he picked 12 disciples. Now, again, if you're hearing me say that Jesus failed and you get all theological about it, okay, fine, whatever. We're not saying Jesus made a mistake. Jesus picked 12 disciples. One of them betrayed him. And then the disciples that he also picked, only one followed him to the cross. The rest were at a distance. The rest were scared. And Would even he f- after he had told them that he was going to come back, none of them believed that he had. And so did Jesus fail? No. See, I think we have to think differently about failure. We have to focus on trying. We have to focus on doing. And we have to leave the outcomes to God. And to know that because we're people, we're going to fail, and those failures will move us forward. And sometimes you do win, and then sometimes you learn. Hopefully, even when you win, you learn. Yeah. So failure. Don't be afraid to fail. And my question for you is, are you holding back from doing something for people, for God, because you're afraid of failure? So what if you fail? So what? So what? What's going to happen? Going to get yanked off the earth, back up to heaven? I mean, you know, or worse yet, you know, the other place? I mean, so so what if you fail? The worst is not that bad. The worst, the worst thing is not trying. And then what do you got? You got nothing. What's the second lesson we're If you're still with us after all the heresies of the first half. Yeah, I know, I know. It's pastor talk here, (laughs) pastor talk, grace and mercy. This is insider stuff, yeah. So if you're still with us, the second thing is prayer. And this is, this is every year. The Chinese calendar has like year of the monkey, year of the dragon, year of the snake, whatever. Every year on the Christian calendar should be the year of prayer. I Absolutely. don't think that that's disputable. Yep. But but this year, we're really trying to make it as super intentional as we can in our lives as pastors of a small church. We need God. We Absolutely. We need him and and we're just tell- we need you, God. I mean, you're the great shepherd. You're the one who is going to do the work in people's hearts that we can't do. So our our challenge to you is, as it is to us, um, pray, pray, and depend on the power of God and the the pleasure we get in prayer, but the power of prayer as well, to accomplish things in your ministry that you cannot in the flesh accomplish. There's a great feeling when we can pray sincerely. For God to do the work of the church. There's a great feeling. It's a burden that gets lifted to think, I don't have to do this. I just get to be a part of it. Like, that's a great feeling. An even better feeling is when God answers prayer. Yeah. Is when we see God doing things. And I don't know how prayer works. I've been a pastor for 27 years. I don't know how it works. I don't know what my prayers affect and what they don't affect. You know, those are the types of things that we'll be wondering about for a long time. 
But I know that when I have depended on God, and that dependence has been uh, revealed through my prayer, and when Johnny and I together pray and we ask God and we commit things to God, and then we see those very things work out really, really well in ways that we couldn't have imagined, people stepping up to help and people's lives being changed and ministry happening, and we know that we were depending on God. Yep. Whether we specifically asked for this or that, the other thing, we were depending on God, and we expressed that dependence through prayer, and then God showed up. We can't do ministry without it. Prayer has got to be our source as pastors. You know it already. We're just here to remind you and ourselves. Uh, this is the, this is thing one. This is the most important task of a pastor, small church, large church, super large church, super small church, any pastor, this is the number one task. So our question to you is, how you doing? How are you doing with prayer? How are you doing praying for your people? How are you doing just spending time with Jesus? Just spending time with God? Who are you depending on for quote, unquote, can I say it, ministry success. Who are you depending on? Are you depending on a book, a course, a mentor, uh, or are you depending on God? And is that is that revealed through how you pray, how much you pray, the quality of your prayer, and the fact that your dependence is upon God? That's a question that we all have to ask, and uh, that's something that I have to ask just as much as everybody else, so... Yeah, 2014, year of prayer. So we have one last thing, one last super awesome, fantastical lesson that we're learning for the new year. This better be really good. Oh, man, it's so good. You don't even know. This one is focus on the people you have. Wow. It's insightful. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Now, seriously, this this is something that we've been learning and are learning, and we are committed to learn. This is here's how I've I've been thinking about it. My wife got a fancy new camera and it's one of these deals where it can change the depth of field. If you're into photography, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, it's like how the background kind of looks blurry while the foreground is in the clear. And so what she can do is if there's two things at various distances from her, she can choose to focus something on the front, right? In the foreground, or she can focus on something in the back, in the background. I think that as pastors, sometimes what we do is we have these people in front of us. They are the foreground, and instead we're taking our little pastoral camera and trying to focus in on the people in the background. It's like we're looking past the people right in front of us because somebody else back there is probably going to be better. People that we want to be in our church people that aren't that there yet. People that we want to be in our church that aren't there yet. That's exactly right. You know, our congregation is what, what we've realized. It's not a magic eye poster. It's not something that you're supposed to stand in front of and look through. And if you look through it and focus way out beyond it, all of a sudden you see the little dolphins jumping out of the water, right? They're three-dimensional, or you see the stars, (laughs) or you see the big elephant. You know, our congregations are not magic eye posters. They're not to be looked through in order to see something better. What we're learning is to focus on the people we have not on the people we don't have. So two ways that we do that. Number one is we work through the people we have. Mm -hmm. So we're serving and we're ministering in our church, but we're realizing that we use the people in our church to accomplish ministry to each other. 
And this is something that we have started uh, at our church. We had our first elder meeting of the year yesterday, and we put out elder assignments. If you're if you're one of our elders listening right now, are you doing your assignment? Uh-oh. You turn this off and go do your assignment. No. Uh, we handed out elder assignments. And basically it was, hey, here's some here's some things we need done. Here's some people uh, that that we would like to be ministering to closely. Go be mini pastors in some way. Uh, you know, and and go out and do that do that job. And so we're ministering through, we're working through the people that we have for the other people that we have. The goal is to minister to those people who are right in front of us. And I'll just take one word out of what you just said. Remove the word mini. And that's exactly what we think, because you know we taught our elders about the unpaid, fact that, perhaps. Well, well, yeah, when they go to visit somebody, it's one of the pastors of the church right. going to visit. Yep, uh, that the people that are elders in our church, their elders were elders. We happen to be vocational elders. They're non-vocational elders, but they're going to go out and do ministry in the people's lives proactively as shepherds and as elders to minister to the flock of uh, sheep that we have here in our church. So. We're going to focus on the people we have by working through the people we have to allow them to minister to each other, but then to minister to the people that we have. In other words, if there are people in your church, they sit maybe in the back row or they sit on the one of the sides of the auditorium or your meeting space, and you know you see them every Sunday, but you don't talk to them too much, and you don't see them in between Sunday services. These are people that are already in our building. They're already here. We don't have to go out and draw them in. They're already coming. Those are the people that we have to focus on and minister to, not to be worried about the people. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. We need to be concerned about the people that aren't there yet. Absolutely. But not to be so focused on them that you're not dealing with the people that are right in your building. It's it, This is not about missions. This is not. This is about not thinking the, pa- the pastor is greener on the other side. So I have people in my church that they oh they're just they're not top notch, but maybe those people on the other side would be top notch. Now this is an example. All the people in my church are top notch. I'm just saying if we have that attitude, like maybe out there there are people who are willing to do X Y Z, and we start to get this idea that it's better out there. It's not better out there. We need to work with the people who are already in our church. To, to meet the needs of the community and to reach out to the rest of the community. And I told Johnny, you know, if I were God, and you know, thank goodness I'm not, but if I were <laughs> and I had these wandering sheep and I needed to put them in somebody's pen, I needed to give them to some shepherd who was going to take care of them, I wouldn't give these wandering sheep to shepherds that weren't taking care of the sheep they already had. Right. Right? I would look for the shepherds that are really taking care of their sheep, that love their sheep, that are ministering to them and feeding them and, and help, you know, helping them heal and protecting them, and I would put the sheep with those shepherds. We want to be those kind of shepherds. We want to be the kind of shepherds that are taking care of the sheep that are already in the fence with us. We're going to take care of them and minister to them, and then maybe we can think about God giving us other sheep to take care of. So those are our three lessons. We're thinking about failures, and we're thinking about failing forward, and actually failing in a way that we're going to learn from it, and we're going to actually accomplish something. We're thinking about prayer, and we're thinking about focusing on the people that we actually have. So again, how about you? Is there an area that you're afraid to embark on because you're afraid of failure? How's your prayer life? How are you doing? Are you dependent on God? And is that demonstrated through prayer? 
And how about the people that you have in your church? Are there people that you haven't been focusing on? And are there people that you need to spend time with to equip them, to work through them, to accomplish ministry in your church, and to help them help you minister to the people that you already have? Thank you so much for making the 200 Churches podcast happen um, by your downloads, by your listens, and, and by your reads of the blog. Um, you know, we appreciate so much that you have tuned in, and we appreciate that you've given us a, a place to speak into your life and to your ministry. Uh, and we are so happy this year that we have Dave Jacobs, uh, the pastor's coach. He's going to be joining us once a month. Uh, we have Carl Vaders joining us once a month. And then we have Dan Ryland joining us once a month. These three guys have so much great content, so much great information to share. And the fact that they're willing to carve out time to be on this podcast, thank you guys so much. And, and it's just going to be a blessing to you, the listener, because, I mean, what they have to say, it is super, super valuable to small church pastors. If you look, those three guys have, I, I think, over 80 years of ministry experience. Dave wow. Jacobs actually does coach pastors right now. So in a sense, he's the pastor's coach. You can find Dave at smallchurchpastor.com. Carl Vader's, he's he's just a small church pastor. He's out there doing the ministry. Uh, he wrote a book, and you can find that at newsmallchurch.com called The Grasshopper Myth. Uh, but Carl's in the trenches with us, and he's talking to us about it. And then Dan Ryland, he doesn't coach pastors for a living unless you call an executive pastor a coach, and you probably could. But unlike Dave Jacobs, he, he doesn't do it for a living, but he has called himself for probably 20-plus years the pastor's coach, and he's got a newsletter called The Pastor's Coach. So we've really tried to partner with guys uh, that have a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom, and can help us minister to you, a small church pastor, and affirm you and lift you up and uh, really just give you some confidence and affirmation uh, as you do your ministry. So if you've made it this far, if you are at the end of the podcast, here is our final thing to say. We would like to hear from you about topics to cover on the podcast or blogs. It's not not because we can't think of them. Oh, we can think of them. Uh, but your ideas are just as important as ours, if not more, more important, important than yeah, ours. More important. And Jeff and I have a little, we have a little contest, a little, there's no money, so I can't call it a wager, but we would like to see who can, who can glean more emails. Friendly competition. Friendly, friendly competition. competition. So you can either send it to Jeff, J-E-F-F, at 200churches.com, and yes. he can blow up the font on his computer and put on his reading glasses and see if he can remember... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you emailed him in That's his nice geriatric cobwebby mind. That's nice. Or you could send it to me. I'll get it. You know, I'll get it on my iPhone, on my computer, on all these other platforms. I'll, I'll, I'll respond. I'll, you know, my plastic, my plastic mind can adjust and bend to to your every whim. That's J O. Just at 200churches.com. J-O-N-N-Y at no 200 H? churches. There is no H. J-O-N-N-Y. Wow. So it's up to you. I think I've made a fair playing field for us. But well, send us your ideas, and one of us is going to have to buy the other lunch. Jeff at 200churches.com. J-E-F-F. It's a lot shorter. Johnny is Are you sure it's not G-E-O-F-F? No, no, no. It's not Johnny. G-E-O-F-F. <laughs> Okay, okay. Hey, thank you for listening today. And if you have a, if you have time, go on to iTunes, find our podcast, give us a rating. 
Give us a rating and give us a review. Give us the business on that review. Uh, We'd love it. Hey, thank you for being a part of 200 Churches. We love you. Hope you have a great week. And thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com. And remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 Church matters big in the kingdom of God.